Alrighty then. Well, let's just let that music play out a little bit. Alright, welcome back to Young to 100, episode 20. This is your host, Jalal, and I am glad to be back. Apologize for the delay. I did actually record an episode a few days ago, but it's not going to air because of the location and the time I to record it. I just came back from visiting my mother, uh, the one-year memorial for my father, who sadly passed away um, over a year ago. Uh, it was good. Get to meet up with the family, get to say um, you know, one last goodbye to my father. Uh, in the Islamic tradition, it's generally believed to be um, one year after a person has died, uh, is that um, that's when the family can say their final goodbyes. The people that knew them can say their final goodbyes, and basically after that, you can visit the grave of the deceased um but it's generally looked upon as extra or sometimes unnecessary to continuously give prayers uh or sermons or recitations uh one year after the body has uh one after the person has been buried <laughs> Sorry, it does. I get one year after the person has been buried, after they have been buried. Uh, and, and you know what? In my opinion, that's rather efficient. I know in some other people's cultures, it's, it's generally an annual thing uh, to visit the graves of deceased loved ones and friends. But from what I can say from my time there, it was, it was a good time. I ended up uh, sitting my vehicle test, so now I'm a fully qualified driver. Uh, I've been putting it off for years and years and years, which is kind of the trend in my home country of New Zealand. Uh, there is a large, a fairly, fairly large uh, portion of people, uh, young drivers, uh, old drivers as well, but basically drivers that are either unlicensed and driving on the roads or on the stage one license and that, that's a trend in New Zealand, like, I mean, outside of the major cities uh, in the small towns and everything, people drive all the time, whether they're licensed or not uh, for the most part, it's safe, like, people know how to drive without being fully qualified, but uh it seems to be the trend that like, oh, you just get your learners and then you sit behind the wheel of a car, you drive, uh, as long as you don't break the law or um, get caught doing stupid things, uh, it's fine. You only need your ID for basic things. Uh, it's, it is not seen as an immediate imperative. Maybe if you live in the major cities, uh, it would be uh, due to the likelihood of police presence uh, and activity in our major city centers other than that it's not uh, other than the status symbol you get from having a full vehicle license and being able to qualify for other vehicle licenses like if you're a professional driver 
having a full license really means nothing. It's like having your class two to class five and your motorcycle license and endorsements will be seen as like a full a full driver driving driver's driver uh someone who operates heavy heavy trucks uh motorcycles uh truck and trailer forklifts other multi-wheel multi-wheeled multi-axled vehicles uh you would need special license classes to do so and most the majority of which for the extended vehicles heavy vehicles um you would actually need a full license before you can sit even set the tests uh which is a smart decision on part of the government because really the people who are going to be operating these vehicles driving is a large part of their employment and in turn their livelihood uh but that saying that's done and dusted i'm going on to my class two and motorcycle license next well probably the motorcycle license next i've been meaning to get it for a long time even though i'm not really that into motorcycles myself at least currently i do enjoy uh you know the i see the appeal of motorcycles it just wasn't really a thing uh for the longest time uh obviously don't tell if you're from an uh uh if you have a mother who's particularly worrisome as most mothers are don't tell them that you're getting it just go out and get it because you're gonna get an earful otherwise uh and if you don't get it you get an earful which you know (laughs) that being said let's go on with the show i have returned i have started a script that's right a script for a possible film in the future i've looked into storyboarding design story elements and i've settled on a few key ideas of which i'm going to build around uh just putting the thoughts well one being so far away from what i used to do when it came to ideation for art uh coming up with characters outside of yourself are you you're gonna meet a whole list of problems like okay so let me just set the uh stage currently i'm working on a science fiction film uh my own personal project uh, about a station that connects our system uh to a bunch of other systems within our own galaxy similar to the idea of what you would have with the mass relay system in mass effect except that it's not mass effect it's not to the space opera standards of mass effect and huge franchises like that this is more of a sort of short film anthology tv series uh, aka the expanse meets mass effect with elements of halo as i mean everyone knows that there are huge sci-fi franchises out there already of which um i have been notified by other people that you should just write for them uh i would like to but since i've kind of spread myself far too thinly across different fandoms when it comes to uh science fiction 
uh, I'm not, I wouldn't say I'm an expert, but I am quite well versed in the goings on and happenings of, say, Star Wars, Mass Effect, Halo, Warhammer, uh, maybe not so much Battlestar or Star Trek, uh, but science fiction has landed its own set of tropes as to what what would happen realistically if you go into these kinds of films uh this kind of genre uh there is a higher degree of realism than what would take place in say fantasy which 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 uh fantasy obviously it has its own set of tropes and story elements and themes uh as does sci-fi they're not uh non-overlapping there is quite a degree of uh overlap when it comes to story when it comes to story uh in terms of the mechanics of what goes on in the in the uh, in the uni- in universe uh there is a lot more uh adherence towards realism when it comes to science fiction uh, obviously, you know, Space Wizards and Space Knights of Star Wars is an exception. Uh, we have, uh, we already have them. We have Space Magic and Space Wizards and Space Knights and Space Soldiers already. This is more focusing on the discovery and I dare say politics but the 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 lives of of regular humans as well as aliens of regular humans as they encounter um this new era in humanity where it's only it's say it's only uh maybe two decades or one decade where this huge space station uh, the discovery of uh, this space station and uh, its uh, ass- its sister stations, which allow for just this super fast uh, travel, where it is it is kind of like warp. Uh, it's not instant transportation, but it is very very similar to warp as what you'll get out of say star trek or star wars or even halo but the the system is more akin to mass effect than uh uh star wars with the hyperspace and all of that um you know like i would say you do have to take into account for actual objects that would be in your flight path uh, but this is more to do with the age, but the very early stage after the initial discovery of this uh, station and its uh, and its um, and its inhabitants, uh, the world outside of Earth and its uh, other neighboring uh, neighboring systems. I'm still working on the finer details, but who knows, as time goes on, these will improve. Uh, Getting the idea engine churning. Uh, Once I've built the mechanics, basically, it becomes a lot 
easier to develop once you understand the mechanics of what's going on uh, in the story. And I want to keep I want to keep it more grounded and more character not quite character driven but more so science fiction rich and slightly slightly with the realism and more with uh more character driven so as as if you take say the characterization of the characters and the expanse and mass effect as opposed to star wars and not as detailed as they would be for star trek with the sort of endless endless detail that they'll give you but what you see are like they'll give you detail to feed your imagination rather than uh picturing all of that and giving it to you with a deeply laid story uh this not saying that any of that is bad i'm just saying that you know credit where credit's due and references and source material is just that when you're creating your own um if you do have ideas that tend to overlap or seem heavily borrowed then chances are they probably are but I'm trying to create something that is com- that is as close to original as you can get because these days uh, originality in fiction and in media is is sparse. I'd say we've kind of gone to the point we've gone past the point where where people have fallen into their media genres and tropes of what you'd find uh i'm carrying on this far too long basically i started a script and i hope to end it as well as continuing with my musical endeavors speaking of which uh just coming back to my residence yesterday uh yesterday i didn't really get up too much i mostly slept and about that but uh I did create another track even though I'm kind of, uh, I lost a few, like a, a, you know, a significant amount of progress in terms of what I was doing for ideation. Uh, I do feel like I'm back on track now and that things are happening. Uh, I will, and speaking of which, I will play that track for you. Um, I am happy with what I finished even though it only, I only spent a day on it. Uh, I am happy with what came out. Uh, the fact that uh, I only uh, that it came out at all, uh, given that I have such a huge sample library and it's huge, it's hard to sift through. But here we go. This is Bridge to Sunny Hill. Thank you. 
So that is an excerpt from Bridge to Sunny Hill. And the type, the kind of vibe I was going with this track was that kind of old school sort of kind of the music you would hear in 80s action flicks like country western like western and kung fu films they had this oh it was just the most beautiful uh journey music that you could possibly think of the cinematic scoring for those movies was something so beautiful and i think that's something that is lost in today's media uh it's a lot more modernized whereas the kind of chords and sounds you would hear and mm, structures and motifs that would be used in cinematic scoring uh is lost i think uh, unless you're looking at a huge film production with the original score and all of that it'll usually be guessed uh know popular music or an already famed uh, music producer with one distinctive style uh, and that would carry on throughout the entire film Uh, there was a sort of genre that emerged out of kung fu and western films that that had a score about them that was so beautiful and and i'm eager to go through some streams that uh, are of that era. Uh, the music that was on was just beautiful, and <laughs> uh, hope this that was the kind of vibe that I was going with. Um, uh, with this, like, kind not what you'd hear in a montage, but what you would hear in the journey between two sections. Uh, you know, imagine like in a western, the cowboys uh, or the hero is running on horseback between towns is and this the music is just the film or in a kung fu film when the when the hero or the warrior or the monk or whatever is going between two cities or journeying in, journeying into the mountains to find the master uh that's the kind of musical tone that i, I want to achieve and yeah so that only leaves me about six minutes worth of time for the remainder of my EP where I think I can squeeze in maybe one to two more tracks and that would be the first project complete. I'm not going to go back and retool everything uh, to get it to sound amazing. I want to at least have some some sort of uh, beat out there which I can build myself around. I don't care if people think it's bad. Um... I'm just glad that I even got to sit down and actually make this. Uh, That being said, which would be the transition, let's go to the news. And of course, as has become the tradition for this podcast, I was about to say anchor, but this podcast, uh, tensions high at IGN after management claims Palestinian Palestine post takedown was not corporate interference. The weekend before last, IGN published and then pulled a post with links to charities in support of Palestinian victims who have been devastated by Israeli violence. This spurred over 80 IGN staffers to sign and publish an open letter decrying blah 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 blah. On that story, um, 
I would actually have to put out a clarification is that the IGN in question is not the IGN that we think it is. IGN is a brand. Yes, it stands for Internet Gaming Network, Internet Gaming News, or International Gaming News. It's it's not. IGN is a brand, a brand that is sold to, I think, over 20 countries now. And one, I think it might have been a few of the sister sites using the IGN brand uh, published that article. Uh, not to say that the, the tone or the reasoning behind uh, the, uh, the article is unfounded. Of course, um, people care about the people of Palestine and what's going on there. Uh, but it needs to be said that IGN is a brand. It's not representative of all of IGN. And from a business point of view, I th- believe they're correct. Um, all the dodginess that goes on IGN with payola and you know borderline game reviews and you know questionable questionable tactics and articles that they've released uh this from a purely business perspective is understand you want to remain apolitical if you're a gaming news network that's all I'm going to say for that. I don't want to devote too much time to that, especially when I'm running out of time myself. But here's good news. Dragon Quest 12 has been announced. I don't know what platform it's going to be on, all platforms. But it has been announced. And I love Dragon Quest. I played Dragon Quest 8. It was the first Dragon Quest I ever played, and I absolutely loved it. Dragon Quest 3 is getting another remake, and it looks glorious. And... I am happy, I am happy that, I am happy that this is a thing and that people still care about these franchises. An offline version of Dragon Quest X announced. Okay, that's good. Some more stuff about the backlog. Some stuff about Assassin's Creed Valhalla. Oh boy, I'll tell you, I have stopped caring about Assassin's Creed ever since. Uh, it might have been Assassin's Creed after Black Flag. After Black Flag, I stopped giving a shit about um, Assassin's Creed. Not that Black Flag was a, a franchise kill for me. It's just after that, I got two. I had enough of that game basically, I had enough of playing it, the main storyline was over and done with, everything else after that is just kind of filler, and you know, they're trying to make it that, you know, oh it's been going on for thousands and thousands of years, and all of this shit, and I stopped caring basically. Right. But I hear good things from Dragon Quest 12, and that's great. Now let's go to the most reputable news source on the planet, CNN. Let's see what we have today. 
Oh, it's going to be a doozy. It's going to be a doozy. Here we go. Growing storm over COVID's origin may have massive consequences. So people are questioning what the actual origin of COVID might be. Now, I don't want to start spurning conspiracy theory, but I'm just going to outline what people believe it is. Some people believe that the COVID the coronavirus that originated out of Wuhan, China, was possibly done uh, by, they say that it's been done by the Chinese government to trigger, you know, global catastrophe. I don't know. Because I know, I looked at, I remember seeing that they knew about coronavirus 10 years ago. Okay, uh, if, that, if that is true, and that what I saw was true and factual, then there is a possibility that the Chinese government knew about this and let it continue to boil over, basically. How many people have been affected? Well, according to the current statistics, over 3 million people have died due to COVID-19. Uh, that is not the worst pandemic in history actually the Spanish flu killed uh, way more people uh, if I recall correctly uh, yes this country has the largest high-speed rail network I'm guessing this is Japan Oh, China China has the largest high-speed rail network okay at the beginning of the 21st century, China had no high-speed railways. Slow and uncomfortable trains plowed across the vast country with low average speeds, making the journey from Shanghai to Beijing a test of travel endurance. Today, it's a completely different picture. The popular, the world's most popular nation has, by some distance, the world's largest network of high-speed railways. No fewer than 37,900 kilometers of lines crisscross country linking all major mega city clusters and have been completed since 2008. Uh, this doesn't surprise me. China has seen a, a, a boom in uh, infrastructure and industry over the last two decades, or three decades basically, thanks to everyone outsourcing uh, work to China since might have been the 70s, might have been the 80s actually. Uh, Mm, that's great you know huge population huge country they need efficient rail network understandable understandable alrighty then that would bring us near okay so there was the article playing in the background so that would bring us near the closing segment of young to 100 uh, this episode was brought to you by insert promo here no i don't have any promos yet um i'm still waiting on getting the transcriptions done for for the podcast as is and that will be happening soon it will be happening soon and then we can see developments in this platform uh you know because talking about more articles and links linking them together people will search for me and my name and this will show up on the browsers that if you search my name Chanel Jalal it will show up alongside Young to 100 and the video version of this podcast will come into effect soon <laughs> soon soon it will happen 
uh, I have no way of recording myself for a long duration of time. My phone is absolute garbage. Absolute garbage. Uh, I would invest in camcorder if they weren't so bloody expensive, but we'll just have to hoof it through. We'll get transcripts eventually, and then there will be a a video version recorded eventually, and then that will become the norm. I'm not giving. I'm not saying that the audio version of this podcast will end. I'm just saying that uh, the video version will end up becoming the mainstay with you know radio in the future seeing how things pan out but that being said thank you for your time this has been Jalal signing off